Welcome to When Women Preach. This podcast exists to empower AAPI and Latina women-shaped leaders. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Reverend Mia Chang. Reverend Dr. Mia Chang is the founder and lead pastor um, and planter of Next Gen Church in Princeton, uh, Windsor, West Windsor, New Jersey. Reverend Chang was ordained in 2008 by the American Baptist Churches of New Jersey completed her Master's of Divinity Studies at the Alliance Theological Seminary in New York City, and attained her Doctor of Ministry at Palmer Theological Seminary of Eastern University. So she also planted Next Gen Church in 2008, a multi-ethnic community of faith. And since then, she has led the plant of New Heights Christian Church in Heightstown and planted the NGO called Africa River of Life where she serves as the founder and the trustee. She also began her vocation as a teacher in the New York City public schools after graduating from Pace University with a bachelor's degree in early childhood education. And she currently resides in in New Jersey. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I want to start off by asking you, because I know that you church plant. That's something that's been on your heart and um, I loved what you shared about the values that you gathered from being a part of a Korean community, but also what some of the things that you long to see that you didn't see within the Korean church community um, and how that sort of drove you towards becoming a church planter and the way that you do church and ministry. Can you share with us, you know, how, how you are equipped to begin church planting Mm-hmm. Uh, 14 years ago and how that began for you? Honestly, I had very little formal um, church planting preparation or training. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just, uh, you know, sort of jumped in without fully understanding um, mm-hmm. what, what this church planting journey will be all about. So I would say I was not very um, equipped but I think that God had prepared me, um, without really even, uh, me fully understanding that that's what was going on. But God was really preparing me because being part of, uh, sort of a first generation Korean American church, it was a church plant and all of the other churches that I was, uh, a part of were church plants. So I did have that firsthand experience of what it felt like and what it meant to be part of a, a new, a young church. And what that would entail. So I, um, I'm, I'm certain that God did do the work of preparation. Um, but in terms of formal training, I would say I really lacked a, a lot of it. I think you make a really good and interesting point, which is that I, I grew up in a Korean church as well and that they were church, a lot of them were church plants. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. It's that we did, we did grow up in that. Can you explain to us or share with us what some of those values were that you did see as a part of the church plan and the what it was that you found were either missing or that you longed to see within the church plans that you you ended up doing? Well, what I saw firsthand was just this real deep love for God's people and this desire to share the the gospel. Uh, and, and so just this this real longing to see the kingdom of God uh, at work uh, in a in a local uh, context, and and just seeing the, the the perseverance, the the labor of love, the intensity uh, the pastors and the congregation showed in terms of 
just loving one another and, and sharing that with others. So I really saw that. I also saw, uh, just this deep reverence for prayer and the word of God, just that the, you know, the, uh, the constant, uh, dawn prayer. You know, if you're a current American, you, you, you definitely have that experience of what dawn prayer gatherings mm-hmm. are like, but, you know, just seeing the church pray fervently, you know, up to God every morning. Uh, the, the, the nightly vigil, prayer vigils, and just that real passion and commitment was really formative for me. Uh, I think that that really shaped how I do church planting. Uh, and just, there was just that real sense of love and community among the, the Korean, uh, people in, within the congregation. And so that's something that I still take to this day and, and hope to, to follow, uh, in the footsteps of those early, you know, uh, the early immigrants who came in the seventies and the eighties who planted. And so that, that really stuck with me. Um, I, I think that, uh, church planting, uh, you know, there's, I, you know, I've done a lot of reading with our church was next year was kind of forming together. And I felt like, you know what, I better really equip myself and, and maybe do some reading and, and see what's out there. So I did do some you know, research on my own and try to find some books and, and materials out there. But, but I have to say with each community in the local context, church planting looks different. And so it, it's not a formula where, you know, it's this how to and, and you sort of follow this, this, uh, uh, certain approach strategy, but it really is led by the Holy Spirit and it is very contextual. But what is key and I think foundational is that heart of prayer and trusting in the word of God and the love for God's people. I can really um, see everything that you just shared right now. I was hearing about the New Heights Christian Church that was planted, and I can see elements of what you're sharing of how that church started. So can you share with us um, how that church started and and what, what that was like? Mm-hmm. Um, are you speaking about Next Gen or New Heights? New Heights. New Heights. Okay. So that was our, our church plant. Um, and it's, it was very organic. And, and I want to say that, um, it was really the leading of the Holy Spirit because, uh, New he- um, Heights town is just about 15, 20 minutes from where we are in Princeton. And it's a church, it's a small town. And, and honestly, I would never have gone through that town, uh, for any reason. Um, but I just happened to be in that town for a conference and I realized that the town was, um, had, had the demographics of this town had changed, uh, from mostly white Anglo uh, middle class to, uh, about 50% Spanish speaking immigrants. And so uh, I was really struck by that, just the visible change of the town. And so. Uh, returning home, I did some research about, are there churches out there? You know, are there communities that are really ministering to these folks? And there were, but really, really wasn't a community, uh, focused kind of, uh, ministry. And so uh, it was mainly sort of focused on a particular nationality or, or just, uh, you know, certain families and, and, and all of them coming from outside into the community, not really something formed from within. Uh, reaching the, the, the people there. And so at the time, our church was just, you know, our next show was only about five, uh, ish years and we really had no resource wow. to, to do anything, um, you know, like 
planting another church, especially right. uh, a Spanish-speaking church, right? <laughs> so we had no financial resource. We had no people resource uh, and no experience uh, with that uh, in that demographic uh, group of people. So so we just decided to pray and just trust that God was doing something. And we prayed for exactly about a year. And in the time, you know, during that time, we went into the community to, to of course, to prayer walking, to 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 enjoy the restaurants and just really absorb and soak in just that the the culture and the community there uh exactly to a year from that when we started that prayer um i just i want to say coincidentally but i know that it was god's leading i met uh, someone a pastor who lives in the town who shared the same exact vision that i had uh, to plant a church and we really partnered together and we decided to go into the community and say, well, what is it that you need? What, what's the, the, what is it that, what is the longing of the people? What is the hope of the people? And it turned out that it was really something for young people, that a lot of the immigrants were working very long hours and they wanted something for their children. So we decided to start an after-school program. And so to make the long story short, um, we started the after-school program and that led into family gatherings that led to Bible study, prayer, and so on. And so. we decided to worship. Uh, and so it was a, a journey of about two and a half to three years, uh, actually three years. Uh, and uh, during that time, we really saw people, uh, you know, how God moved and bringing people together, resources together, uh, and to see this church uh, kind of uh, lodge. Like you said, there wasn't really a formula for mm-hmm. how you did this, but I love that you said, you committed to prayer for a year, you and the people, and you went and enjoyed the food and the culture of the oh, neighborhood. Man. That's so, that's so wonderful because you're not going in there going, we have these answers, but you're asking them, what do you need and how mm-hmm. can we fill this need and be there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's um, really important. You know, that's, we really think that that's an important piece because sometimes we can go into a community and think that we know the answer or that Jesus right. is not there. But God is there. Jesus is already right. there and God is already at work in the people. We're just joining mm. what God is doing. We're partnering with God with, in what God has already started. And so, uh, you know, I think to say we, we have something figured out for you is, um, uh, is kind of a pompous attitude. And, and I think that, that that's not the right posture that we hope to, to take, but, uh, to really come alongside people and see how God is already moving and to, really go in with questions rather than answers. I think that also reminds me of community organizing or faith community organizing mm-hmm. and how they already believe that people within the community already have amazing gifts and, mm-hmm. you know, talented and God is already doing work there. And so you, as you said, you really are coming alongside and both people are changing together. Absolutely. Uh, like God is doing that work. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you wish then? So when you first started Next Gen, I can't believe that was only five years before you started, mm-hmm. before New Heights was, um, that you had this longing also and you all came together to plant this new church. So when, when Next Gen started, um, what prompted you to, to start that church when, yeah, what, what prompted you? Um, well, <laughs> I think that it was just, uh, it, you know, I, I look back, I'm like, why, why do we even do this? <laughs> but uh, I have to say it was really the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit because 
you know, we started out with just a few families and we did Bible study together. It wasn't, you know, we didn't set out to, to plant a church. At the time, I was not an ordained pastor. I really didn't uh, think that I needed to be ordained. I didn't think, I didn't think that I needed to be a, a, you know, the head pastor, the senior pastor. Um, I didn't really have that vision in mind at the time. We started a Bible study with few families, nom- or, you know, uh, they were nominal Christians or actually the other, another family was, um, uh, they were a Buddhist family, but, um, we just did Bible study together and that led to uh, a desire to worship together. And then that brought other families along. And, and I realized that, you know, just kind of about a year into it, we realized Wow, we were turning into a church. We were doing children's ministry. We were going out into the community yeah. to serve. We're sharing the gospel with our neighbors. We're collecting mm-hmm. offering. You know, we're turning into a church. And so at the time, I, I felt like, you know what? I need to, uh, sort of go form this gathering group, uh, uh, into a church. And what does that entail? Well, I guess that means I would, I need to be ordained. I guess that means I need to get connected to a bigger body, a denomination. And so it, it led to um, questions and decision-making steps. Uh, so it started out with a community of people longing to do church, longing to do community together. Is there anything that you wish you had known back then that you know now? When you first yeah. started, like, do you wish that, <laughs> like, what do you wish that you had known? What do you wish that you had been equipped with? Honestly, if God told me everything, um, that I would experience or that I really had to endure, I would probably have run away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Because it was, it was very, very challenging. It still is challenging, but, uh, so I guess God just, you know, shows us just enough for us to handle. And then God shows us the remaining picture as much as I, I want to know everything. And then, and that was one of the biggest, uh, stress factors, not knowing, you know, the uncertain of it all. Is this church going to, to make it? Are we going to be a church? Are we going to last? What is this going to be like down the road? You know, there are so many mm-hmm. unknowns and what ifs and so on. So, but I think that if God would have told me all of that, uh, I'd probably turn away and, and say, no, thank you. But, uh, I, I might have, uh, it would have been helpful to have some mentors and coaches along the way. I think in the beginning, very important for me to have, um, sort of seasoned pastors or, or friends to, to say you can do this and, and, you know, and, and so just kind of counsel me and, and walk me through it. I felt uh, honestly very much alone in this. Uh, because then at the time I really didn't know who to turn to, where the resources were. Uh, and so to have mentors and coaches would have been very, very helpful. And also to have a network of others who share this heart, uh, share mm-hmm. a missional heart, a share a desire to go into the community and to, to reach people and to love people and to really form something new. To share that with others in that journey, sort of the co-laborers, right? Uh, that would have been also very encouraging. And also to see people who have done this already, mm-hmm. people who are sort of further along the, the journey to say, you know, well, we've experienced this kind of uh, situation or we've experienced this kind of pain. And so this is not something new to you, but this is part of the process. 
And to sort of walk me through that or to just even share their own stories would have been very helpful. So I missed, um, I think in the early first three years anyway, because after the three years I did reach out and, and was able to connect with other networks and sort of like-minded people. Uh, but the first three years where I felt like I was all alone was extremely difficult. I'm just curious when you did start reaching out to your networks, how many of, did you find many Asian American women who shared the same vision? I have to say no. And I, you know, um, I tried so hard to find other uh, Asian American solo pastors, uh, church planting pastors. But honestly, I didn't find uh, one uh, who sort of fit what I was looking for. Um, you know, there are female pastors and, uh, or church planters who plant with, you know, um, maybe their husband or, you know, uh, a team, but I didn't meet anyone who was a solo pastor who was church planting. So that was something that I was not able to, to really, um, encounter. Mm-hmm. So you were sort of a pioneer. I'm not sure if I just didn't look at the right places or, you know, I just was not connected to such, um, women, but I just, yeah, I, I'd love to meet them even now. I know there are a few yeah. out there, but I, I still don't have access to uh, that network. Well, hopefully if there are listeners who are listening to this <laughs> podcast, she'd love to connect with you. Um, then on that note, what, what are some of the things that you would share uh, with others when it comes to sustaining and advancing church plans? You know, as an Asian American woman clergy, like what, what are some of the things that you would want to share with people who might be in your same position that you were in? I would say first, it's just that assurance in the call, because it's really the calling of God that holds you to, 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 to push through the challenges, to persevere when, when things get so overwhelming. Uh, it's really the call of God in, in one's life that, um, just kind of says, okay, you're not crazy, or maybe you are crazy, but God <laughs> is holding you through this. So it's really that assurance of the call. And, you know, those moments when I felt like, you know, I can't do this anymore, or this is it. And, you know, they just kind of quit. Uh, in those moments, you, you do hear the voice of God calling you back to to that moment when God says, no, this is where you're headed and this is what I want you to do. So it's really that promise of God, the calling of God that 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 really is uh absolutely essential to this to any ministry, of course, but I think particularly to church planting, because there's there's so many unknown factors and there's so many things that because you're the one who's kind of creating it, shaping it and building it up, mm-hmm. right? So if you don't right. have that that sh- assurance or the security in the call of God, then, then we're going to vacillate. We're going to be shaken. Uh, secondly is really that connection with God through prayer. And I, I stress that I can't stress it enough because it's really prayer, just being on your knees and just calling out to God, you know, each morning throughout the day and having that deep connection with God. And because because again, if it's not the strategies or formulas that's out there that we're sort of leaning into, it's really God. It's God and, and listening, being, being able to recognize God's voice and God's leadership and, and the direction for that day. Um, I, I think that I, 
you know, I don't know how we would do church planting. So it's that prayer, uh, the constant, uh, the, the committed prayer life, uh, is, uh, what, what sustains us. And thirdly is being secure of the vision and really that mission that God has for you. Because again, it's about context, right? Uh, it's contextual that, um, my story is going to be very different than the next church planting pastor. So what's the vision that God has given to me in my local neighborhood? Uh, what is the, the, the mission that I have for these people? So having that assurance and, and having that clarity, Allah is, is really important. And if I can just add one more, it's, uh, having good people, um, to walk alongside you to do the work together. Because while you do, you know, the, the, the pastor does do a lot. Uh, it's, it's not possible alone. You need a good team of people to do things together. And so in the very beginning of our church planting, we had really amazing people, uh, who are, you know, opened their homes, who helped to cook meals, who spread the word in their, you know, circles. And, and, and so having good people to walk together with you is, is very important. You mentioned that you know, when you started Next Gen, it wasn't, you were already doing church in a lot of ways with these people. And so it's that how you surrounded yourself with those people. Mm-hmm. It's that they, you all sort of surrounded each other. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the, the, the team of people that, um, sort of share this vision, uh, we were able, we were, I mean, friends, uh, we were able to develop friendship. So there is that, that connection and, and friendship and trust that we had. Uh, and also they were, they were willing to trust me in the, the vision that God had given to me and they were willing to share it and own that themselves. And so there was that deep level of trust and love that we have for each other. Uh, and there were others in the very, uh, early part of our, our church plant that there were people who came on board and said, you know, I feel like, um, you know, what you're saying, I can, I can believe. And I think that God is also calling me to be part of. So. God was speaking to other people too, and they have brought them to this ministry. So, you know, and I, and that's the power of prayer because when, you know, in prayer, God will speak to other people. This right. isn't just my own vision and mission, but God has given this mission to other people and, and we're joining together and partnering together. So, so, uh, you know, in initially we didn't have a multicultural vision for next gen. It was really sort of a pan Asian focus. Us, uh, generation pan Asian ministry. That's the kind of church that I was envisioning, but God has something bigger, you know, broader in mind, uh, a really a mosaic community. And so the people share this vision, um, really were not, um, Asian, all Asian American. Uh, we had, uh, earlier, uh, in the early part of our, uh, plant, we had, a you know, a Nigerian American pastor come. And she said, I like what you're doing. I believe in the vision. God is calling me to the next gen and, and I want to take part in it. She didn't need to, she said, I don't need to be paid. I just want to take part in the vision here. And so she joined it, you know, and, and a similar story and many, you know, others sort of have that kind of story. I, I like the vision and I like what God's doing and I want to be part of it. So, um, you know, it's in prayer, I think through the leading of the spirit that God brings people together to, to form this team. So did your church start as Pan Asian American and then it, tra- and then it transitioned into multicultural? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we started out with, you know, um, three families. That was my husband and myself, Mara and my two daughters. 
And then the two other families, they were, uh, they were, what was it, Chinese uh, American family and no, another was a Taiwanese American family. But yeah, we were Asian, uh, Asian Americans. And so we thought that's sort of the, the direction that God had us, uh, you know, go just focusing on, uh, Princeton it has a, a big Asian population, Asian American population. So we thought that was the trajectory that God had for us to focus in this Asian American second generation, uh, population. But when we went out into the community to do, um, to do, to, to love our neighbors and to serve our neighbors, it was turning into more of a multicultural church and it happened very organically. I love that you, th- yeah, I just, I love that, that you went to the neighbor. It just seems to be a reoccurring thing. You go to your neighbor, you go to the neighborhoods and you find out ways that you can love your neighbor well and ask them, what do you need? How can we be here for you? How can we walk alongside of you? And it just organically stems from there. And that's the approach that we take even now. You know, we're doing uh, something called dinner church. And, and same thing, you know, we go, we, every, every week we go out and we do prayer walk and we talk to the people. Uh, and, you know, some of those folks will never enter into the church, uh, at, at least right now anyway, but we're, we're meeting them where they are. We're, we're getting to know them. We're ministering to them, uh, and just inviting them to the table to come and eat and to, you know, share life together. And so. Uh, and so that's sort of the posture we try to take, not, um, you know, um, to, to meet them where they are and to, to love them first uh, and, and just, and, and period. And if that's, and, and I think that God is honored and that God is doing the work when we, we go out. Amen to that. If you'd like to support Isaac in producing this podcast or our overall mission of supporting AAPI and Latina women ministers, you can donate to Isaac at isaacweb.org.